That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, welcome to the show. We're going to get started here in just a second. But first, if you're only listening to the free portion of the Bob Seska Show on Apple Podcasts. Hey folks, Alex Jones here. I've hacked into this podcast to warn you all not to subscribe to Bob Seska's Patreon page. If you sign up at bobseskashow.com, you're going to be supporting the globalists with their chemtrails and weather weapons, tiny airplanes and helicopters moving the tornadoes all around. And we all know Bob is conspiring with Raytheon, Bechtel, IBM, the Bilderbergs, Agenda 21, Big Tech, Big Pharma, the Trilateral Commission. I got the documents right here. Here are the documents. I've got proof that Bob's Patreon is turning the friggin' frogs gay. So do not sign up for his Patreon page because I said so. BobSeskaShow.com or Patreon.com slash BobSeskaShow. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob. Bob. What? Bob. The Bob Seska Show. I gotta wake up already? Yeah, it's another Tuesday show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, August 10, 2021. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. I don't know why I'm talking like that, but okay. Day 203 of the Biden-Harris administration, 455 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And here he comes. It's Bob. You say Yeah. You that? said it all. Hello. What, what was that? Did I hear applause or was that just the cicadas? <laughs> I don't. How are you? It's a nice welcome either way. Hi, Bob. Hi, hi everybody. Hi, hello. He, of course, is Bob. I'm Buzz. And uh, we can't stay for the entire show today. Uh, we got to get right back to Sturgis. I'm gassed up and my mask is in the garbage. Thank you. Hey, Mrs. Already. No. <laughs> well, the pandemic continues. Uh, now we're, we're talking booster shots. Mm-hmm. You you mark my words, they're going to start giving out punch cards. A dozen booster shots, you get a free tote bag. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, nice. So in the news also, uh, the Washington Post this week called Senator Joe Manchin's boat Washington's hottest club. <laughs> Ooh, break me off a piece of that D.C. nightlife. <laughs> <laughs> now, now Manchin's boat. Manchin's boat is bipartisan, of course. Right. He invites uh, Republicans on board along with Democrats. Uh-huh. I, I, here's why that's risky. Manchin thinks that if the boat starts sinking, Republicans are going to help him save it. Very idea, but made me laugh. Right. Uh, the State Department says it cannot locate, it cannot find a $5,800 bottle of whiskey that was gifted to Mike Pompeo, mm. who doesn't drink. <laughs> Neither yeah. does Trump. Mm. No comment from Giuliani. <laughs> 
It's in his pants. Yeah. Th- this this wasn't confirmed before showtime, but I hear Andrew Cuomo has agreed to resign. Oh yeah, but only if he gets to give everyone a little hug. The Bob Seska Show. I can't stop this feeling. Neither can he. About the GOP that they just don't realize it's not eighteen. 63 when we're voting on a Tuesday night they let you know that you have no rights I know they're hooked on their stealing they're high on their cheating oh wow and statues of Robert E. Lee <laughs> I love this yep lips that smell Stephanie Miller, of course. Talking on Fox News at night, they want you scared. If you're old and wise, I know they're hooked on their stealing. (laughs) They sure like deceiving. They don't like democracy. Nope. Yeah, the great Rocky Mount Mike. Yes. Right, Fantastic. Yep, yep. Tour de force on the vocals there. Rocky Mountain Mike. Rocky underscore Mountain underscore Mike on Instagram. Thank you. Holy guess, shit. That was guess good. what? I got I to gotta tell you. Yeah. While I was telling the joke about Governor Cuomo, uh-huh. um, <laughs> I had written two versions of the joke. Yeah. One for if in case he resigned just before the show. Uh-huh. And uh, one for if he hadn't resigned yet. And I was doing the one that he hadn't resigned yet when the bulletin came in on my phone Governor Cuomo has announced his resignation in an effort to head off impeachment. Oh, holy shit. It is official. And that is from the Washington Post, the New York Times, and AP News. As timely as today's headlines. Boy, you nailed it. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah. Well, that's... So, uh, I guess guess he got his little hugs. (laughs) This is great news, man. Uh, it is what exactly what he should have done. This is uh, just just exactly the right thing after a, a whole series of horribly wrong things. Yeah. Finally, and you know, as I've been saying all along, it's kind of a relief because then, I mean, I don't know who's paying attention, but in terms of what Democrats do when we face one of these problems. Well, wow, here's a good example. I and mean, you can even go back to Al Franken. Everyone's going back to Al Franken yeah. on this. And even he resigned, which with much lesser charges against him. And so this is what we do. We clean house on our own. We don't need Don Jr. doing guys videos telling us how we should manage our particular scandals here. Al Franken did what a good guy should do. He yeah. did what Jimmy Stewart would have done in an old movie. He, <laughs> he, he even though he wasn't guilty, he would step out of the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, and and uh, this, of course, in my mind, is an entirely different situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is serial groping, if we yeah. understand the charges correctly. Uh, Franken pretended from some distance away uh, to uh, act as though he might be ready to grab a woman's breast, but didn't. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, as it because 
he was a comedian. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that, that was taken, I think, completely out of context. But he, he, he really had no choice. And yeah. I think, uh, as tragic as it is, he did what a good man does or a good person does in that situation. Who is the uh, lieutenant governor? Kathy Hochul. Kathy yes. Hochul is the. She's going to become governor now. She's going to become. She, uh, yeah. She she has spent the last uh, ten days. I I expect uh, about that long. I know for a fact she's been preparing. I think it's been for about the past <laughs> ten days. Yeah. Uh, so she should be ready to step into that position today, uh, giving New York its first woman governor ever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and she's a Buffalo native. She was first elected lieutenant governor of New York in 2014 as Cuomo's running mate and won re-election alongside him and. 2018, her old campaign website touts her work as raising the minimum wage in New York to $15, push for the state's paid family leave law, and advocacy for women. She led the governor's Enough is Enough initiative to combat sexual assault on college campuses and co-chairs the state's heroin and opioid abuse task force. Hey, there's some resume items right there, huh? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Buffalo gal. Absolutely. She first garnered national attention after winning a U.S. House special election in 2011 for New York's 26th Congressional District. Well, this is all good news, and we get this shit it, it out is. of the way. We can move but on to other you, shit. Yeah. I'll tell you what I think uh, the news that our listeners are most happy about uh, mm -hmm. today is this happened at the start of the show instead of after. <laughs> That's the yes! best part I of know. This story. Yes. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, news. I'll I, applaud I that. appreciate you today, uh, universe for being kind to our little podcast here. So yeah, thank you. Now, no, nobody move till the show's over. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, great. Well, a uh, brief correction here as we uh, move through the show. Uh, correction from last week. Uh, while discussing Roe v. Wade and medical freedom, which is what the Republicans are demanding now, medical privacy, medical freedom, uh, falsely citing HIPAA as being yes. justification for all of that. I said the decision in Roe v. Wade was referencing the Fourth Amendment uh, last week on last week's uh, Thursday show, I believe. It's actually the Fourteenth Amendment, and I, yeah, I, I said the Fourth Amendment when I meant the Fourteenth Amendment, which I know, I know this information. I've written Wait. about it dozens of times. Uh, you know, fancy that—that that, uh, I would mix up those two numbers. Are you saying you're not perfect? I am not perfect. Are you, are you saying I, you're human? I am saying that. And uh, while I regret uh, that the error, everything. I, yeah, <laughs> it's completely, <laughs> completely understandable. So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so with that out of the way, uh, Louis DeJoy is somehow still the Postmaster General. Yeah, Talk that's about weird, guys or, yeah, who need to resign. This guy needs to resign. Uh, I, he's not going to do that. He's no. going to be dragged out of there. In fact, I think he said he had to be dragged out of there. Absolutely. Well, he just gave his former company a $120 million United States Postal Service contract. Talk about self-dealing. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, it's his former company. He's no longer part of that company. But you know how these things work. He's still got relationships there. He may end up, once he's done being Postmaster exactly. General, he may go right back to that company. Bingo. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know that he divested any of his uh, possible uh, holdings in that former company, but a $120 million USPS well, contract. You know, as if the rape of the Postal Service weren't enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm... Biden, I guess, as I understand it, has the authority to fire the whole postal board if he wants to or, mm. or any 
part of it, I guess. I, yeah. I don't know, but whatever needs to be done needs to be done because uh, they're talking. Uh, they're talking now about. Um, uh, more cutbacks in postal service and more delays starting in October, yes. which is, I believe you pointed out online, is the month before the November elections for state and county and city offices. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so he's trying to fuck with another election is what he's trying to do. Again, there's no reason why all of these cutbacks need to happen in October. They could certainly wait till after the election, right? But the fact that they're happening in October are enormously suspicious is the same as last year suddenly as we're leading up to the first major mail-in ballot election suddenly the u.s postal service and louis DeJoy decide hey you know what fuck it we're gonna start screwing around with the postal service now i wonder i wonder why that happened it's such a mystery why no it's not a mystery. this is obvious we, what they're trying to do with this shit we were if I, if I can just interject this we were all so glad that 2020 was over until yeah. we realized it will never be over <laughs> um, no i mean we're we're dealing with 2020 problems in 2021 yep. and you know what we're gonna be dealing with 2020 problems for a long time to come yeah, yeah. uh and and that's a very sad thing I, it, while i'm doing random thoughts it also occurred to me before the show I, I i would i would sit down and and write with you a fresh version of your book about fear or a new uh, book about fear yeah because it continues to be used today as mm -hmm. you've mentioned uh, so it, it it's a phenomenon that didn't go away and still doesn't get enough attention hey they're using fear uh, that yeah. can't be said enough there was something on fox news we talked about this on friday's after party there was something on fox news where ben dominich who is uh megan mccain's husband was on Fox News talking about how liberals are coming for you and your children or your baby or something, like just something insane. Like, we're going to go around and we're going to start killing people and their children, or we're going to be disempowering people who have children in some way, which also led Fox News to <laughs> claiming that people with children should get extra votes in an election yeah. Because they're also voting for the rights of their children, which is just right. <laughs> next level madness. It is. It yeah, is. It's yeah. just lies based on fear. Uh, lies designed to evoke fear. On the Louis DeJoy thing, and I'm sorry, I keep yeah. calling him Louis DeJoy. It's just, uh, I, I, right. I blame Glenn Kirshner got that in my head. So I keep, <laughs> <laughs> keep quoting Glenn Kirshner, calling him Louis as if I know him. But uh, DeJoy, the reason he's still there, I believe, is because... There is a Trump-appointed Democrat on the USPS board named Ron Bloom, and he supports Louis DeJoy. Because of this guy, Ron Bloom, right. there this are guy. not enough votes for the board to oust Louis DeJoy. It was thought, uh, yeah. and it was uh, pundits said, uh, as this was all, you know, as the Biden administration was starting, yeah. uh, said that uh, this guy was a centrist, and so we had... You know, four Democrats, uh, four, you know, uh, three Republicans and a centrist or something. So this everything was going to be fine. Well, yeah, yeah. as you point out, uh, this guy's not a centrist. And, and so we're we're stuck at a stalemate there again. So I, I just if Joe Biden has the power to fire the entire board, including the chairman of the Board of Governors here, Ron Bloom. Uh, -huh. uh, he should do it. I mean, I don't know why we're waiting around here. I mean, we're, we're talking about the integrity of our elections. This guy has just announced that he's going to be fucking with the Postal Service right before another set of elections. And as we've been learning over the, especially over the last four or five years, 
these state and local elections are just as important as our big national elections. So, and they've never, you, yeah, they've never been more important than now. They they always have been, and mm -hmm. we've we've never regarded them. I mean, I hope everyone listening uh, spreads the word uh, about the importance yeah. of every election, whether it's a judge or a school board or a county commission or a city commission, a uh, mayor, uh, whatever it may be. All of those are important because those are the foot soldiers uh, where they are Republican. Mm -hmm. Those are Donald Trump's foot soldiers. Yeah. Those are the people who can overturn elections. And uh, in some cases, in the cases of obviously election officials, not not the other offices I listed. But it, it, that's the point about uh, keeping an eye on local control uh, and who has it. Uh, because uh, those are the people who are in the trenches or on the front lines. Yep. And do you want Trump's troops on those front lines, or do you want good public servants? Well, here we've got um, a series of stories that are going to be playing out certainly over the next six to ten months regarding the fight between local government, uh, local school boards, yes. and the state governments. So certainly the, the governor's mansions in some of these yes. states, uh, uh, Florida, Texas, yeah. uh, where they're banning these mask mandates, and it looks like Florida schools, some Florida schools are planning to defy oh yeah, Ron disasters ban on yeah. mask mandates. listen, i'm 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 in Florida. I'm in the heart of it. You've seen the maps online and on television of where the spread is is yeah. most concentrated. And yeah. this is the heart of it right here. It mm -hmm. starts in Florida and spreads north and west from here yeah. uh, and and has reached about halfway across the country until you get to Nebraska, which is all white because they're not reporting anything. That's right. Uh, you know, so we know, we know they're lying mm -hmm. uh, or hiding the truth. But I've been watching very carefully this uh, struggle between local school boards and Republicans. As I've said previously, uh, a Republican mantra is local control, yeah. local control. And Ron DeSantis has taken that away from them. This Republican has taken away local control from even Republicans in this move. And and school superintendents are defying it. They've been threatened with their salaries, told they would not be paid if they uh, allow a mask mandate or have a mask mandate in their schools. Mm -hmm. And uh, one superintendent has even volunteered to continue working at no salary because he said the lives of the children are more important than my salary. Yeah. Uh, and and I've even seen talk about taking up a collection for this guy uh, so that he can live and feed his family uh, while he continues to serve as superintendent in the event that Ron DeSantis takes away his salary. Other uh, school superintendents and school boards are also standing up to DeSantis. And the other thing I want the rest of America to know is that lawsuits have been filed against Governor DeSantis. I saw an uninformed liberal whining online today, where are the lawsuits against Abbott and 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 uh, DeSantis? Well, they're they're in the courts, silly. Yeah. Uh, they, they, the, the lawsuits have been filed and more are on the way. So I appreciate your outrage, but uh, we're on it. <laughs> Uh, exactly. you know, uh, so and and please be more informed. But but that's I've been watching this all of this very closely and with great interest. And I have friends who are teachers, and I'm very concerned about their health and safety uh, as we go into this school year. Yeah, well, Rick Wilson tweeted uh, earlier today, did a whole thread, sort of a State of the Union kind of thread on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And one of the items... Is that the, one, is that the one that started, Good Morning, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea? 
I think perhaps yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't. I, I don't remember the first one, but I'm looking here at number eight in the uh, uh-huh. in the thread, and he said here the old GOP model of the best government is local, and my tenth amendment is gone and now telling local school districts and local health departments what to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing but trolling all the way down because my freedom, he says here. And right, that is, right. he's talking about uh, Ron DeSantis and, and Greg Abbott imposing these bans on mask mandates, telling local governments, local school districts what they can and can't do. And I assure you, at some point, because we've seen a similar action take place in Texas where uh, Greg Abbott put out an APB or whatever the fuck it was against the Democrats who decided not to show up for the quorum uh, right. to vote on these elections. Uh, election laws and so on uh it's entirely possible that desantis is going to send law enforcement uh, ah. against these uh, school superintendents and administrators uh, you know because of freedom right because right <laughs> because he unless, cherishes freedom unless we can get another judge's ruling a judge uh, yeah. just ruled within the last 24 hours that uh the lawmakers democrats who left texas to uh, avoid a quorum um, mm. uh, on the uh, re- voter rights restrictions. Uh, uh, they can come back now without fear of being arrested for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, there's a hold on them being arrested now. A judge could put a similar hold on any attempt to arrest. But you're right. I mean, would DeSantis stoop to that level? I think he's made it very clear he would. Plus, if all of the school superintendents decide, you know what, screw you, Mr. Governor. We're going to just do whatever the hell we want here. We're going to have mask mandates. We're going to do what we can to protect the children in school. Um, It's entirely possible that Ron DeSantis doesn't give a shit or Greg Abbott doesn't give a shit if that actually happens as long as he's got the thing on his list of accomplishments. I banned mask mandates. And then all the red hats go, yay, you banned mask mandates. And that's all that needs to happen. What What they're all about now is the performance, the patina of uh, supporting Trump and being one of the team and doing right. all they, of these things. Yeah. It's just yeah. an act. Listen, I have uh, hearing from people who know Ron DeSantis personally say he actually is a very smart guy. Uh-huh. And that, and I know, <laughs> yeah. and why does yeah. he say stupid things? Because it panders to the base. He exactly. knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. That's all he's doing, and he knows it. He's smarter than that. He just doesn't want his base to know that. Yeah. He yeah. wants them to think he's with them, and he's not. Uh, and and uh, DeSantis has got to go. Uh, and there's a good chance of that, especially if we can get uh, outside state support for uh, my personal favorite so far. I mean, if Charlie Crist is, becomes the uh, Democratic nominee for governor in Florida, I'll support him all the way. Yeah. But I far prefer at this point Nikki Freed. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I think. Uh, Chris is weak sauce compared to Nikki Freed. I think she's what we need. So if you want to help Florida turn blue, uh, at, at least in the governor's mansion, uh, this would be an excellent cause to which to donate. And uh, Cleveland's mayor in Obacken, Ohio, uh, announced uh, that he's running for governor and for, among other things, wants to legalize marijuana. Hey, nice. He, he has a good chance of turning that governor's mansion blue. Okay, so there's Florida and Ohio. Uh, it, uh, Texas looks like it might be vulnerable uh, for Greg Abbott. Uh, it, you know, one or two more key states uh, can make a huge difference in this country. Yeah. And uh, so all the way up to the state level, pay attention to your to your elections and, and who's running and support who you can. But we, I think we have a real opportunity here with the, the way these folks are pandering to their bases, especially uh, Christy Nome and, mm-hmm. and Greg Abbott and uh, Ron Death Santos. Um, 
they, you know, they, they I think they're vulnerable. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, this is a very good opportunity, I think, for Democrats. So if you're looking for an upside in this dark time we're living in, yeah. there's one right there. Exactly. And uh, I think the election this November is mostly local. There are a couple of mm-hmm. statewide yes. races yes. along the way. But Random. I think we're talking about mostly local elections. And right. you know, just to repeat... That's where the rubber hits the road, especially mm-hmm. right now when we're talking about Let's vaccine see. mandates and we're talking about mask mandates and the things that need to happen to solve this goddamn crisis, to strip right. it away from the hands right. of these uh, shirkers and irresponsible children who refuse to and, do the right thing. And this freaking game we're playing about yeah. masks and vaccines is distracting us not only from ending the pandemic, but from addressing the fact that the planet is on fire, oh, yeah. that a red alert for humanity has been issued by the United Nations. There was a time in in the 1950s, if you'd said that, people would be hiding under their beds. Today, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, so it's Tuesday. <laughs> uh, but, but again, we have an existential crisis for democracy. Yeah. If we don't, if we don't punish those who tried to overturn it, uh, we will lose it. Uh, and, and, and if we don't prevent them from gaining office, we will lose it. Yep. Uh, so existential for mm-hmm. democracy, existential for the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and on top of that, existential for humanity with this COVID uh, virus and its lovely variants. Yeah, we're going to talk about the IPCC report here in a little bit. I'm just I'm saying that now because I'm warning everybody because I I assume that once we do start talking about it, everyone's going to turn off the podcast because that's just the way it happens. <laughs> Every time we talk about the climate crisis or I if know. I publish something I about the cli- climate crisis, no one reads it and I think it's partly because it's so hopeless and I yeah, I tend maybe. to think that's the case, but this... Well, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but we, I, I think we, you know, we, we need to address it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, you know, it's very real. Uh, it, the, the Half the country's on fire, for yeah, crying out yeah. loud. That kind of tells us something. Well, back on uh, COVID here, something else that the American people can't seem to handle. Uh, if we, we can't handle COVID, I don't know how the fuck we're going to get ourselves right. out of this goddamn uh, hellhole when it comes to the climate crisis. But right. uh, getting back to this... Look Looks like uh, daddy's going to pay for Abbott's crashed car. Reaching out to other states for help with his irresponsibility. You know, he fucked it all up. Or you could put it this way. Uh, Goofus is crying out for help from Gallant. Uh, <laughs> please, please. I, I fucked it all up. You got to help me now. He doesn't want any part of their electrical grid, but he could use some medical help. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it's just, again, going back to the classic story that you learn as a kid about the, you know, the squirrel who does the right thing by storing the nuts for the winter. And, oh, yes, you want to be responsible like the squirrel who gets prepared for the crisis. And then the other squirrel is like, oh, no, I don't, I'm just going to, I'm going to hang out on the beach. Who, who cares about collecting nuts now? I'm going to relax and have a good time. And then when it comes to winter time, then the squirrel who was hanging out on the beach is is completely screwed, but the squirrel who put the nuts away, uh, you know, you know the story. This is just yeah, which of course, it's the yeah. famous uh, the famous Aesop's fable yeah. about the squirrel and the turtle, uh, <laughs> also known as the ant and the grasshopper. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the animals are. It could be any animal. It doesn't matter. That's monkeys. True. I'm surprised they didn't land on monkeys. I think monkeys are funnier. Monkeys are funny. Yeah, always funny. Uh, but in this case, uh, Governor Abbott is now reaching out to healthcare workers from other states because his uh, emergency rooms and ICUs are uh, getting filled up rather rapidly. And once again, this is reality smashing face first into the fiction that uh, Greg Abbott and the other Trumpers are manufacturing. 
The the healthcare crisis is very real. This has yeah. gone beyond just being a pandemic. Now we're losing healthcare workers. Uh, we're in a position where we have no choice but to fire those healthcare workers who refuse to get vaccinated. Yeah. And there was already a nursing shortage, already a severe nursing shortage, yeah. and it's going to be worse when we have to fire all those nurses on top of all the ones who have quit, are quitting, and will quit because they can't take it anymore. Yeah. They're tired of hearing from people, even as they die, say they don't believe in COVID. Well, there's a, uh, a radio guy slash podcaster by the name of Buck Sexton, which, you know what, say what you will about <laughs> Buck Sexton. I wish my yeah, name I, was Buck Sexton. Don't we all? Yeah, I, yeah I, you got to give him a salute for that. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, he was saying yesterday that all of this shit is a lie. It's a big media lie. The, uh, the ICUs are filling up, that the emergency rooms are filling up, that the hospitals are overloaded, that uh, all of these infections are taking place, that the Delta is a problem, that blah, blah. Everything that you're hearing about COVID is a lie. Buck Sexton has a considerably... Uh, large audience. He, of course he does. It, yeah. I mean, either he's buying his downloads or he's legitimately popular because you can see him in the top 50, top 100 all over iTunes and Apple Podcasts and so on. So he does have influence here and he's telling everyone that it's all a lie and it's a, it's a lie being generated by the news media. But I'm looking at a document here from the office of the Texas governor, Greg Abbott talking about how they desperately need help with health care in his right. state because of COVID-19. This is not the media. This is the office of the Texas governor, Greg Abbott. Mm -hmm. So once again, it doesn't matter what the truth is. As long as the Red Hat disciples are getting the trickery and lies from people like Buck Sexton and Don Jr. and all these other assholes, uh, Ron yeah. DeSantis and, and the rest. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's another prime suspect. You know, eleven million people. You know, I you know I haven't heard of Buck Sexton. I I'll never forget him now, but. Uh, I, you know, Joe Rogan has 11 million listeners yes. and, and the, dis the COVID disinformation he's putting out there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's terrifying that, yeah, that many yeah. people are listening to that and apparently digging it. I am glad that Marjorie Three Toes got, uh, got kicked <laughs> off of, uh, got kicked off of That's Twitter. The, there's right. the new nickname. Thank you very much. I, st I stole that from somebody else, but of all the names I've heard, that's my favorite. Marjorie Three Toes. Yeah, well, I, I had heard Marjorie Three Names. That's the one I was using yes, that well, I, I based on someone else's tweet. Because, that, uh, because yeah. of the whole foot thing that the audience does Marjorie want us to talk toes. about. Uh, we'll just call her that. That is the title of today's show. Yeah, normally, <laughs> normally we uh, wait and see at the end, but uh, right. I, I think I can safely say that Marjorie Three Toes is going to be the name of today's episode. It's yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, who doesn't love hanging out in loungewear? I tell you what, Kimberly got a, a pair of pants from Cozy Earth, who I'm just about to talk about here, and she loves these pants. They are super soft. They are super comfortable, and Easy. she's able to walk around in loungewear now. It used e to be Easy, easy big fella. You're going to end up in the refrigerator again. <laughs> Loungewear used to be code for hideously ugly sweats, but even your pets have been judging you. 
That's a thing of the past now, of course, with Cozy Earth. The people known for creating luxuriously soft, cool sheets made of bamboo have done it again. They've taken loungewear to another level with their comfy, super soft selections and gorgeous styles and colors. From wonderful pajama sets, leggings, and tees, every item is sourced from earth-friendly viscose from bamboo for enhanced breathability and temperature regulation. You'll find something you can't lounge without at Cozy Earth. See why Oprah described Cozy Earth's pajamas as the softest ever in O Magazine. Best of all, go to CozyEarth.com now, enter promo code STEPHANIE35, and save 35% on their loungewear and bedding. That's CozyEarth.com, promo code STEPHANIE35. CozyEarth.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. music. Pow, pow, power. Is it harder, just me? Cause I am struggling to breathe when I start saying your name. It's time to light up the flames with all these spirits around. I can't tell my up from my down. Don't break my ritual practice. Cause this shit's causing madness. They say the devil you know is easier to control. Come on, why can't I just say yeah, this is uh, one of our songs of the summer. This is Somber Mercy and a song called Starry Eyes. Sombermercy.bandcamp.com. Yeah, great stuff here. BobSeska.com slash music if you want to submit. Uh, we're not taking new submissions until September because we're we're counting down all the songs of the summer this month, culminating in a big uh, Labor Day indie music countdown with all of the songs of the summer for your listening pleasure. That's a great great summer song i would yeah, listen really to this is. on a boom box in a park on a warm summer day absolutely and blow your speakers out for sure yeah those low-end uh, uh keyboard pads right at the beginning the man there. <laughs> yeah i know okay getting back into things here uh this uh this uh guy in florida this dj this anti-vax dj has died Box of sex COVID. Oh, no, <laughs> We only, well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say what I was about to say. Uh, yeah. But D- Dick Farrell, you know, I, I thought initially when I saw this guy's name, I thought he was, uh, remember the, uh, the 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 talk show host? I think he was on WJFK for a while. Pharrell. Really? Remember Pharrell? Oh, yeah. 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 I thought this was Pharrell, but I don't think oh. it's Pharrell. No. I listened to his voice and it's definitely not Pharrell. Pharrell has no. a, a crazy, horrible, horrible voice. But this guy, uh, Dick... got into radio. Yeah. (laughs) Former South Florida talk show host Dick Farrell, known and beloved by fans for his over-the-top right-wing opinions, has Uh died from complications from COVID-19. I always want to say Farrell. Farrell advocated against getting the coronavirus vaccine and was skeptical of Dr. Anthony Fauci and his recommendations concerning the coronavirus. Friends said after contracting the virus, he changed his point of view. See, that's what always happens, isn't it? Right? Almost always. Not yeah. always. I mean, some people actually go to their death still not believing. But yeah, in most cases, they, they come around when it's too freaking late. Yeah. And you think, okay, you take care of this initially. So this way, you don't have to <laughs> once you're in the hospital with the uh, treatments that were also rushed to market through the emergency use authorization. Yeah. And so why not just get the, get the fucking vaccine? Jesus Christ. 
I hope I hope FDA approval helps as surveys say it will. We don't mm-hmm. people what people tell surveys may not be necessarily what they actually do, but people have told surveys that they would get vaccinated once it's approved by the FDA or at least they'd strongly consider it. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things that's holding up the military right now. Uh, there, the military has announced uh, that the Pentagon's announced that its uh, troops will all have to be vaccinated uh, starting in mid-September, yeah. or with FDA approval, whichever comes first. Well, we're, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this FDA approval. It would help get the military. I, I keep hearing things that oh, in a, we're going to do this in a month. A mm-hmm. month? <laughs> we can't wait a month. We we it would like what can you do today? Yeah, is what yeah. I want to know, and that that goes for a lot of things right now that we're all impatient for. Well, but yeah, that's ultimately I think the problem we have in this country. This is a major problem, and I think it extends all across the ideological spectrum. Is that we wait until it's mm-hmm. too late to actually act? I see Democrats do this all the time remember years ago wendy davis was engaging in that filibuster in the texas legislature against Mm -hmm. that abortion law they were trying to pass well we only found out about it once the filibuster had already started and once the legislation was like on the cusp of passing if the filibuster failed And, and we didn't know about it prior to that it's like we were slow on the uptake we didn't get to it ahead of time and when it comes to this pandemic now is the time when we should be acting in fact a month ago we should have started acting against the delta variant because it was still early and you get it while it's early and then the pain is going to be uh well. more tolerable to bear once it's happening early but now it looks like we're going to wait until there's a huge you know legitimate spike before we act and that's why, the wrong time to do it why why get the uh, free shot when you can get a $400 fake vaccination card <laughs> yeah wait what's the uh, 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 what's yeah the- we are we are reactive instead of proactive. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's absolutely right. And, and although you can find instances of Democrats doing that, uh, I think Democrats are less guilty of that than Republicans. Right. Um, or, you know, you don't know how much of what they're doing is intentional, and I'm guessing most of it is. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, it's 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 sad that it, to see it. Wait, why are we? I'm I, We're going to, in a month, it, September 15th is when it's August 10th. Yeah. It's f- like nearly five weeks away. Uh, why does it have to be that long? Well, one of the reasons is the lack of FDA approval. Mm -hmm. Why has that taken so long? It has been proven safe and effective in now millions of people. Are they maybe testing on kids right now, and that's why they're trying well, they to be extra been. careful about it? They, or they have, they been? have yeah. been, and yeah. that's the other thing. I'm ready to start getting into kids. It's terrifying. We have kids on. We have kids who are intubated. Yeah. We, you know, uh, watching video this past week of a nine-year-old boy on a ventilator. Uh, we have two-year-olds in the ICU. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the numbers are going up for children very rapidly now yeah, yeah. Uh, they they need help and they need it fast and hey it's time to send the kids back to school <laughs> you know and so uh, we, we we you know as usual we yeah. have a real mess on our hands what's the rule of the stock market buzz buy low sell high you know, right. when it, and when you can apply the same thing to a pandemic. You, you right. act when it's low. You act when it's infections cheaper. are low than when they're high, right? Yeah, right. Because you're fighting an uphill battle once you're at the top of the goddamn curve. You want to fight it when it's at the low end of the curve because then, you know, you have less to deal with. You know, it's just like shoveling shit. I'd rather shovel a small pile of shit than a giant pile of shit. I don't know why the yeah. metaphor went that dark and weird, but, you know, <laughs> what can I say? Well, no, but that's the long and the short of it, really. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the fact is we, 
uh, you see these things coming or we see the potential for things and we just don't act until, yeah. as you said, it, it's too late. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, nice try, fellas, but where were you when we needed you is yeah. kind of my response. And you know what? That's I, I look around and I see that's just as true of, say, law enforcement in the case of the insurrection as it is for the medical establishment in mm -hmm. terms of the pandemic. Uh, it's just slow, slow, slow. We live in an age that isn't slow. And, you know, I used to maybe criticize people for having short attention spans and wanting everything quick, quick, quick. The, the truth of the matter is we live in a very fast world and it, it requires, if we're going to just be reactive instead of proactive, let's try to react a little faster. Could we please? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and of course we can apply this directly to the climate crisis. I mean, it would have been a hell of a lot easier to act to curb carbon emissions 10 years ago than it is right now. And granted, there were some steps taken, and we are in slightly better shape than we would have been had those steps not been taken years ago. But still, we're in a fucking mess when it comes to this. We don't even know truly what the long-term ramifications of the climate crisis will be. I mean, we have obviously these forecasts from the IPCC, but how are some of those events, some of those climatological events, going to affect the broader global climate. I mean, everything is such a delicate balance. They're talking right. about disrupting the Gulf Stream. I can't even imagine what happens if the Gulf Stream gets fucked up. I know that Europe is going to be, you know, under a block of ice if the Gulf Stream gets screwed up. And and that certainly uh, is is something that we we, we could have avoided had we acted a lot sooner. What we learned this week is that permanent damage has already been done. Yeah. Uh, and that uh, there's probably no going back from that. We've learned that we're really out of time. In fact, we may be in overtime at this point yeah. in terms of this planet. Um, you know, and these are the things we're being distracted from by mm -hmm. arguing over masks and vaccines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the planet's on fire, kids. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to pay attention to that. Yeah, well, it's increasingly difficult in this country when you've got half of the population acting irresponsibly, and defiantly so. I mean, they're proudly being irresponsible about all this shit, denying that it's even happening, and then acting contrary to it. I mean, how many stories Sidebar. have I read on this show about Glenn Beck deliberately idling his SUV outside of his show for three hours just because fuck you liberals? You know, it's that kind of shit. Every time there's an Earth Day, you read a story about how uh, red hats are running around burning tires to own the libs. These are things that actually happen. And so somehow we're going to get these guys on board with some sort of action to mitigate the uh, effects of the climate crisis. Uh, no fucking way. No, so, we have to do it. We have to do it without them. I'm very yeah. excited in the case of the infrastructure bill that we're getting this uh, little 1.5 trillion dollar thing passed uh, yeah. with uh, bipartisan support, and then the Repo the Democrats are going to turn around and pass the 3.5 with a simple majority. Right, and everybody's on board for that. So that's very exciting, and we're going to have to do the same thing in terms of addressing the climate. In fact, that second infrastructure bill, the 3.5 trillion, does a lot. Uh, well, it was the $1.5 that's bipartisan isn't going to do much for uh, climate change. Uh, the $3.5 trillion plan will. So yeah. that's encouraging. I want to do a sidebar here, if I can, about Dr. Fauci. Sure. And 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 you wonder why I'm bringing that up. You were talking about the, the battle of uh, disinformation from the Red Hats and mm -hmm. the, the, the Red Hat media complex and all that. Uh, for those who, like me, saw Dr. Fauci on uh, Rachel Maddow last night, uh, he looked tired, 
But I saw more than that in him. And I saw someone remark online today that they also saw that he was tired, but that they saw something more in him. Hmm. Uh, I sensed a bit of defeat, a bit of sadness, a bit of pessimism. Um, he's more than just tired, this Dr. Fauci. Uh, he's increasingly, I think, discouraged. And I don't think I'm reading that wrong. I think he feels pretty beaten down at yeah. this point because he sees this thing careening out of control and largely because of the disinformation that you were talking about, mm -hmm. on the, whether it be about climate change or, or the pandemic. Yeah, well, he's also been made enemy number one by the entire yes. Red Hat Entertainment Complex. He's got in the the entire Red Hat Entertainment Complex from Fox News, AM Talk Radio to Breitbart to Newsmax and OAN right. and all points in between, turning him into the villain of COVID-19. We, we are all tired. We are all weary. We yeah. are all worried. But perhaps nobody as much as our Dr. Fauci. Yeah. And I'm yeah. concerned for him uh, and for his health because, you know, stress is uh, stress can really affect your health. And he he, he didn't look unhealthy, mm -hmm. but he looked something more than tired last yeah. night. If you haven't seen it yet or you want to go back and look again. Uh, check that out because, uh, and I'm sorry, I think Rachel falls down here as an interviewer. I would have asked about it. Yeah. I would have said, are you all right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm genuinely concerned for one of the most important persons in America. Yeah. He's beaten down. He seems beaten yeah. down to me and, uh, and it's no wonder because not only does he have to get this information out there as best he can, but now he's got to defend himself against charges that he literally created this SARS-CoV-2, that this is his responsibility. And the reason we're in this mess right now is because Fauci conspired with China in order to send this virus here he's, as a biological weapon. He's trying to maintain his, and he's very good at this, maintaining yeah. his composure, his professionalism. Uh, and uh, being careful not to offend while getting out the solid truth. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's crushing him. And I was just very concerned about that. I, it's something I wanted to mention today. And it certainly fits in with what we're talking about, as I said, whether it's about the pandemic or climate change. Yeah, well, Hal Sparks had an interesting observation about uh, th this conspiracy theory that China deliberately manufactured right, the virus right. and then sent it here. Well, yeah. if that was the case, wouldn't it behoove us? These people, the Red Hats, believe uh, that this is the case. So wouldn't it make sense to defend ourselves against a Chinese attack? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, right. still, they still believe that they can intimidate COVID-19, they believe that if they're <laughs> patriotic and defiant enough, and of course they're not patriotic, they're the opposite of, if they were patriotic, they would get the fucking vaccine and do what's necessary, but they're not. But they think they are, and they think they can use this uh, defiance that we engaged in after 9-11, you know, against, you know, goddamn you, Osama bin Laden, we're coming for you now. Well, you, that doesn't work. Playing Lee Greenwood uh, patriotic <laughs> anthems won't scare the COVID-19 virus away. You mean... You mean uh, being trolled didn't bother Osama bin Laden? You mean he was not disturbed that people were trolling him? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's no wonder Fauci is looking beleaguered right now. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. he's he's uh, well, the receiving end of all of it right now. It's 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 all of us, but yeah. maybe nobody so much as him. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, people ought to take a minute to think about that. As we careen toward the end of the century, it's we know who's going to be dragging their feet on any sort of action whatsoever. Uh, global surface temperature was uh, 1.0 Celsius higher in the decade between 2011 and 2020 than between 1850 and 1900. The past five years have been the hottest on record since 1850. Yes. The recent rate of sea level rise has nearly tripled compared with 1901 to 1971. Human influence is very likely 90% the main driver of the global retreat of glaciers since the 1990s and the decrease in Arctic sea ice. It is virtually certain that hot extremes, including heat waves, have become more frequent and more intense since the 1950s, while cold events have become less frequent and less severe. The new report also makes clear that the warming we've experienced to date has been has made changes to many of our planetary support systems. This is the one that made me shit myself. Yes. That are irreversible on timescales yeah. of centuries to millennia. Right. The oceans will continue to warm and become more acidic. Mountain and polar glaciers will continue melting for decades or centuries. This is horrible, horrible fucking news. And I don't like to go this deep into the fucking hellscape. But we have to. We have to confront yeah. this in a realistic way. I mean, granted, there are things on the immediate horizon that we need to resolve, a pandemic being uh, one of the, the prime suspects here. But this is something that we should have been doing years ago. We should have been addressing years ago and uh, in, a, in a serious way where we're all united against yeah. this. This Actually, I think we need to do all at once. This is a case where we need to walk and chew gum and yeah. type yeah. a sternly worded letter all at the same time mm -hmm. uh and, and you know the all of these things require our immediate attention the three things that have weighed on my on, upon me the entire week democracy pandemic yeah climate these are all existential crises three yeah. at once there it's hard to pick a favorite you know yep. uh, because uh, they all spell one kind of doom or another if yeah. not given the proper attention um well, I'm yeah. Sorry, I, mm -hmm. I had never thought we would be in this place. Uh, I yeah, are. neither did I. I mean, I got into uh, discussing politics, debating politics, writing about politics when it was just like, "Hey, do you think we should raise taxes or keep taxes low?" I don't know. Right. Let's Remember have a, let's oh, have a debate man. about tax hikes, and and oh, that's no longer the case now. What we're having to do is triage the end of civilization. We we, we didn't train for this, folks. We didn't. We did not know <laughs> that this was going to be next level stuff yeah yeah and and my mo just as a inside baseball kind of thing right the thing that i'm constantly doing gaming out in my head is where a particular story ends up maybe five years down the road 10 years down the road mm -hmm. whatever i i tend to be a little futurist about certain stories and it certainly you can't help but to be that way when it comes to the climate crisis covid19 some of these uh, democracy and the burden that I tend to have, and again, I'm not necessarily complaining about my job because I love my no, job. No, 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 no. But the burden of it is having a sense of what the ultimate downside could be. Having right. a sense that, oh shit, there's a 50-50 chance this gets really, really bad. Like, yeah. like end of civilization 
bad if it keeps going on there, a certain trajectory. And that's hard, things, hard to there, deal with. Yeah, there are things uh, climate-wise we cannot reverse at this point. There are things we can stop, but we've got to do it quickly. And it occurs to me that we've yeah. been burning the earth in terms of its fossil fuels, and now the earth is taking its turn to burn us yeah, uh, when yeah. I look at so much of the western half of the United States on fire mm-hmm. uh, and and f- fires and floods. I mean, it's a, this is biblical catastrophic stuff we're yeah. talking about that I don't think any of us really expected or tr- maybe we tried not to think about, mm-hmm. but it's here it's here and we have to we have to deal with it we're we can we can certainly slow it we can stop the heating of the earth uh, we can't maybe reverse what we've done so far but we can keep it from getting worse parts of the earth are already uninhabitable like a like a foreign planet yep uh, and and more places will be either because they're too cold for humans or too hot for humans or too wet for humans or too dry for humans uh, because uh, you know the, the give the Gulf Stream as an example of things getting stirred up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to see some biblical stuff if we don't act very quickly. Yeah. Did you see the biblical stuff happening in Greece? Did you see that yes, video? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, the video of the people uh, being ferried away and watching the, their land burn behind them. One man said, uh, my island is on fire. Yeah, I saw that video. I could have sworn it was like some sort of green screen challenge. Like yeah. so there was a, a, a ferry boat that everyone was on, just a right. random ferry boat, so, and, and uh, but the windows were green or something like that. And so then some industrious guy Disney. on Twitter, yeah, <laughs> replaced the green screen with this inferno. But it was real. It wasn't green screen. It was like yeah. something out of a fucking disaster movie. And, and that's what we're all facing. Even, you know, I imagine, and this is me projecting ahead, I imagine here in the Northeast, we're going to start to see forest fires and uh, wildfires burning. You're already that, getting... Yeah. You're already getting the smoke of a distant fire. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. up in the through in the Northeast, uh, even in Boston, uh, there are some cities. I think places in Colorado and uh, I, I don't know other spots uh, moving eastward, where uh, the air is the worst it is anywhere on the planet now mm-hmm. because of the smoke. Uh, drifting eastward from those western fires. Yeah, there's something deceptive about uh, ecosystems and life in general. And (laughs) if you study something like fetal biology, for example, you can see point by point, stage by stage of fetal development where just if one cell divides in a way that's abnormal that could touch off a chain reaction that could end up in the death of the fetus or some sort of severe birth defect it's the same way with the planet with the environment um yes the planet earth is enormous and we, I don't think we truly appreciate how large our planet actually is, how large the Pacific Ocean is. But the fact is that it's still an enormously delicate balance. It's like a Jenga game. If you take out too many of those blocks in the wrong spot, the whole fucking Jenga tower crashes to the ground. And that's what I'm concerned about, that one of these things alone. Uh, whether it's disrupting the Gulf Stream or the oceans becoming too acidic or something, where you then you get a chain reaction of horrible things, one like a domino effect, one leading to the next, leading to the next, leading to the next, I, which I, is completely out of our control once it gets to that point. So why not act now? You know, I I don't think I'm alone in this in in looking at how we got here. Yeah. Uh, uh, the decade that I grew up in, you know, the decade I was a boy in, yeah. um, we believed that, well, 
and I, I'm speaking for everyone, I got the impression in my childhood that we had unlimited everything. Yeah. That that this the planet was in fact so big that we would never run out of air or soil or water. Uh and and yet here we are. And part of the reason maybe is because we figured we'd never run out of air or soil or water. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we have a sense of the vastness of the planet. We figure, oh yeah, you know what? If we just uh, if if I throw this bag of uh, McDonald's empties into the side of the road, it's not really going to cause any damage. Well, we, I mean, we, we were like yeah. we were like teenagers who thought they were indestructible. Yeah. You know? uh, and, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and in that sense, we thought, well, no, you can't hurt this place. It's too big. Yeah. yeah. You can you can throw a cup in the lake because there's so much water. Uh, what's one cup? And, and whether we're talking about COVID nineteen buzz or we're talking about the climate crisis, the fact of the matter is that as the red hats scream about freedom which is performative screaming when it comes to this. That's F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B. Yes. <laughs> exactly. What they don't understand is that a prime component of uh, American freedom, of American liberty, constitutional liberty in this country, it requires collective sacrifice. Had it yeah. not been for the collective sacrifice of World War II, for example, we'd be speaking German right now. Or yeah. we'd be speaking Wait, Japanese right now, one or the this other. This goes to the heart of the Democratic-Republican divide here yeah. is the idea of the collective. Because today's Republican rejects the idea of a collective. No, they say it's about individual rights. And as I've been preaching repeatedly, you no, know, it's about collective rights. Your individual rights stop at the point in which they infringe on other person's rights exactly you know and they're, they're, that's the part they're refusing they're saying no that's wrong mm -hmm. that's wrong it's not a collective this nation was founded on individual rights and so that's sort of the fundamental disagreement that's going on there how we other than winning elections how we defeat that i don't know yeah well that part of the problem is they're in a whole rabbit season duck season thing where they're just right. choosing to do the opposite of whatever we're doing we're trying to all do the right thing on the, the normal side of the ledger i'm not even going to say the democratic side it's normals because we're talking yes. about a bunch of republicans yeah, I like in this too and so when it comes to the normals the the red hats are just doing the opposite of what the normals do that's how they're behaving and it's rabbit season duck seasoning them into doing stupid things abandoning their long-held values for example small government well now they're trying to do the opposite of what we're doing so they want to uh, nationalize big tech that was one of the things over the weekend we want to nationalize big tech the small government guys right. are suddenly wanting to nationalize Don't big tech. nationalize yeah. education but let's uh, nationalize big tech yeah and as i said before the rick wilson tweet about uh all government is local government well fuck that we're going to supersede all of that it's basically mm -hmm. like they're using the uh, uh the thing about the 10th amendment but they're applying it to their local governments people like uh, ron DeSantis and, uh, and greg abbott you know so they're abandoning their values because they want the opposite of Whatever, whatever that is and that's childish that is untenable and they've got an entire generation of americans who are sucking it down like coca-cola whether it's coming from joe rogan or uh it's coming from buck sexton or any of these other <laughs> douchebags and you know it, it pains me to say this all this shit about joe rogan because i used to be friends with joe rogan joe rogan when i was initially starting my animation studio back in 1999 2000 right around there joe rogan was my very first animation client he hired me to do a cartoon of a monkey for his website and right. monkeys are always funny so not right, surprising right. had fun animating a monkey for him and we became good friends we would talk maybe That's once or great. twice a
a week in some cases. And so I, I really got along well with him. But now he's like ground zero for bro science and bro politics. And America cannot survive. We cannot endure if bro science and bro politics end up winning the day. It just just can't happen. So well, that, here we are. That brings us that brings us back to messaging, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I once again I urge you to listen to Rachel Bedekoffer's uh, yeah, uh, interview last week on this show uh, on Wednesday's show. By the way, I got Travis Bone for tomorrow, the executive producer of the Stephanie Miller wow. Show. It's it's all about nice Travis guy. on tomorrow's show. So I've been looking forward <laughs> to that for some time now. Some some insider information about the uh, the nuts and bolts of putting on a Stephanie Miller show. Plus, we're gonna, oh, I'm sure we're going to cool. talk about uh, comic book movies and lots of nerd shit in there too. He was very. Very nice to me when I was on her uh, after party show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Travis is the best. So yeah, uh, it's yeah. about time I got around to uh, inviting him on the show. Plus, yeah, next week I, I have booked for next week's interview show Spencer Ackerman, who's got a new book out. I'm looking forward to talking to Spencer. He's one of the Blogosphere 1.0 guys that I remember uh, coming up with in the 2000s during the Bush years. So uh, uh, I do recommend, yeah, I hear those for sure. I do yeah. recommend if you haven't caught it already, go back and listen to uh, last Wednesday's show with Rachel Bittacoff because uh, last Tuesday I was saying on Bob's show yeah. that we needed better messaging and I needed somebody to tell us how to do that. Yeah. And then damned if she wasn't on the show the very next day telling us what she thinks about messaging. And uh, we can talk about that now or later or whatever you want to do. But yeah. but but uh, I, I've... I've had some more time to think since then, and I'd like to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Well, let's talk about that uh, right after we do this. Um, cool. if, if you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, I wish my under-eye bags would just go away. Uh, you're totally not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women until now. Introducing the new GenuCell Serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote, quote, I've been using GenuCell for a couple of months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared, and they haven't come back. I love the product. I use it under my eyes, around my cheekbones, and on my eyelids, unquote. With its instant effect, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back, they guarantee it. Order now and get 50% off all GenuCell packages for the summer. Go to lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. That's lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. Link in the description at bobseska.com. lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. Thank you. Bob Seska. This is uh, Gypsy Moths and a song called These Days Will Run from uh, Wollaston Theater. Yeah. Boy, I love this. I I took some of my own medicine uh, last week. I was... Kimberly's mom had a little health scare last week, so I I was driving home from her house after dropping Kimberly off, and... 
I pop- popped in the indie music countdown. <laughs> ah. And I actually, enjoy- God, I this is when this song came on. It's a good show, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever that DJ is sucks, but the song he plays are this is great. And yeah. this was one of those songs that I just I turned it all the way up and just was like. Uh, it was a weird night, and it was one of those things that just picked up my mood a little bit, just enough to uh, have yeah. a good time driving home. That's that's why I hope people pick up your summer music yeah. uh, countdown because that will be great car listening music. So we were talking about democratic messaging, and this is one of the things uh, yes. that I think holds Democrats back from winning more often. I mean, I I tweeted something earlier today about how uh, Democrats uh, there are millions and millions of chefs in the kitchen and that's part of the part of the thing uh that keeps democrats from uh, succeeding in elections too much we all think we know the answer to the problem and none of us are willing to concede to the other person that this is the right answer so it's a million chefs in the kitchen but the other thing is we have a lot of trouble with messaging and and having a message that resonates yeah. that cuts through the bullshit that manages I've been saying, yeah, yeah. yeah i've been saying this for some time that, that uh, we we need to get better at it the republicans are clearly good at messaging. Yeah. They, 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 people follow them like sheep because of the short, powerful statements they make, the right. lies they tell, the fear they generate. What I was, I've been asking, you know, well, how do we counter that? And Rachel Bittacoffer had a had a wonderful answer on mm-hmm. your show last Wednesday uh, when she said, uh, "You need to do what they do." And I like the way that started. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing here, but she said, "You know, whereas they say bad things about Democrats and accuse us of stuff that's not based in fact." we should be saying that they are bad and accuse them of stuff based in fact. Yeah. And and I thought, well, that's pretty good. And so I put out something to that effect this week on mm-hmm. Twitter, and it, 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 it flew pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, and, and so I think that is a good technique. And then I saw someone comment on Twitter, not related to Rachel's interview, but uh, I, I saw someone on Twitter saying, you know, Democrats need to stop paying attention, stop focusing on messaging, stop wringing their hands about messaging, because there's nothing we can say to combat lies. Yeah. And I thought, hmm. So that's where I am. I'm at, I'm at hmm now. <laughs> well, you know what? It's not about... Um convincing the liars because we're never going to convince the liars we're never going to convince the red hat disciples she said that yeah yeah yeah. but there are still and and this is kind of an area where i disagree with rachel a Mm -hmm. little bit uh because i know rachel in the past has theorized that the era of the swing voter is kind of over if not coming to an end and i still believe that there are swing voters who can be swayed by effective leadership effective arguments I have. I would never question her credentials and no. her ability. She has beyond proven herself. She is practically genius in this area. Yeah. But I, I too disagree with her theory that there are no more swing voters. And my proof is I offer the split tickets of the 2020 election <laughs> where people voted for yeah. Biden and then they voted for like Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. People are not going to object to a strong message. People are not going to be put off by That's, uh, pushing strong messages. Idea. Yeah, Strong messages are all Republicans do. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we uh, as a party have been too uh, timid. As a progressive movement, we've been too timid yeah. in, in trying to counter some of this stuff. Well, I, I don't think I agree. <laughs> you know, no, that's no, we need yeah. something stronger than that. Yeah, yeah. Stop walking on eggshells when it comes to these uh, 
right. uh, not only the messaging, but also the commercials that include the messaging. We can be stronger. We can be bolder. I think some of the commercials that uh, the Lincoln Project put out last year mm-hmm. are great examples of, of what I'm talking about. Now, Win- Winslow's, Don Winslow's stuff is pretty good. Yeah, exactly. The, the Some of the stuff that uh, I think it's called Strike Pack, Rachel Bittacoffer's pack are putting oh. out. Those are strong yeah. messages, too. So there are things that we can learn from people who once identified as Republicans, how to best combat the Republicans. And this is what I've been looking for primarily from groups like the Lincoln Project. Or say what you will about the some of the scandals and so on surrounding them. But the central nut of what they're providing for us, I think, remains an important one. And that is coming from former insiders in the Republican Party. They're teaching us about what works, what the mm-hmm. what kind of messaging actually resonates. Mm-hmm. And I think we should take some of those lessons, if not most yes. of those lessons, to heart and apply yes. that to how we do politics as Democrats. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. yeah. So that's the key. That's the key to all of this. I think paying attention to how Republicans do this and applying the truth, applying I, reality, applying science to those techniques, I think is immensely effective. I know that author Kimberly A. Johnson, you may know her. <laughs> I do. I do uh, know her. I know, I know she is short on patience for the idea that we should be gentler with the people who resist the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and because like a lot of us, she's out of fucks on, uh, you know, and out of patience. <laughs> Suffice on, to say. Yeah. On, on, on that. And and I understand. And, you know, I, I haven't read the article. I understand the Washington Post or somebody has an article about uh, you know the the stress in America that uh, those who are against the vaccine or haven't gotten the vaccine feel like they're being ostracized, <laughs> and uh, you know I just I don't care. Uh, yeah, I, maybe if that gets them to get the shot, uh, some people say no. That that'll if anything that'll make them more entrenched against getting the shot. Yeah, you know I don't know anymore. I you know we tried everything when I first started getting fears online about anti-vaxxers. I, I said we've asked them nicely. We've given them the information. Yeah. You know, time's up. It's time to start. It's it's time to to crack down on these folks. Yeah, that's really, really a smart way to look at it. Because I think what happens is, because we have so many chefs in the kitchen, going back to my prior metaphor. Yes, yes. Because of that, we tend to waffle on things, and we tend to try to handle everything with kid gloves and and walk on eggshells around the opposition fucking go right at their fucking jugular that's what we got to start you got to stop screwing around there are too many things that are important and are at stake and it's time I, to time to stop screwing around. <laughs> time to stop with our own brand of fuckery, and that I is know. trying to be too genteel and tiptoeing around. Oh my God, we don't want to offend them because if we're too bold, they're going to uh, they're going to be even more. Intra- As you just said, they're going to become more. Intra- that is the uh, that is the concern that needs to be wiped off of the whiteboard, so to speak. The, the notion I, that if we're too bold, they're going to entrench even further. That is bullshit. They're entrenched. They're never going to be moved. So you go after those swing voters by presenting strong leadership, strong messaging, and not taking any shit from the fuckers. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure I agree, but uh, my mind wandered when you mentioned waffles. <laughs> Yeah, come to think of it, I'm hungry too. Uh, so yeah, I guess on that note, on the waffle note, let's uh, <laughs> yes. let's mention the post-wordum show that's coming up next on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash show to please support this program uh, by signing up for at least $1 a month. $1 a month, what, what that gets you 
for pennies, literally pennies per show. You become part of the Patreon community. You can comment under uh, the episodes that are available to you. Uh, you don't necessarily get any bonus content, but you get to become part of the community on our Patreon page, the rapidly growing, rapidly exciting uh, Patreon community. And, and if, uh, we, yeah. if we ever needed a community, we need it now. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. But if you sign up at $5 a month, by the way, you get the postmortem show. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing next. That's what we do after every free show. We just This show? Yeah. is the waffle and uh, the postmortem show is the berries. There you go. The berries and the, uh, the syrup and all the other crap that you right. throw on top of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't have one without the other. And it's all, That's you right. know what? The way we record these shows, it's all one seamless block. And if you sign up at $15 a month, you get that entire seamless block. It's called the Ultimate Edition. And we take the commercials out for you. And we present it all, you know, the free show plus the postmortem, all in one uh, big chunk, all for you on our Patreon page. Uh, BobSeskaShow.com. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Seamless. Seamless.